years later, 30 years later, ladies and gentlemen, we're still producing amazing songs at our annual action conferences. I don't know about you, but emotions begin to rise up as I began to look through those videos and just began to see. How many of you recognize yourself from some of those early videos? Yeah? Some of our grandparents were involved in those early videos. But I don't know about you, it seems like people danced better back in those days. Yeah, would you agree with me? But tonight we want to continue on this journey that we've begun of taking a look at where we've come from. 30 years is significant. 30 years is a milestone. And I don't think of anyone better who could give us more insight on what 30 years looks like than our host for the past 30 years. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome Pastors Tom and Bonnie Duchel. Please go ahead and take your seats. Thank you. Pastor Tom, Pastor Bonnie, this is, this is a tremendous honor for me to be able to sit with you 30 years later and to talk through the journey that you've taken. It's not been an easy journey. We all know. We've heard it. Uh, we've seen it. But I believe there's stories that people may not even know that have happened throughout action. Many stories, I believe. But I was thinking to myself as I was preparing, um, I'm 35. Action has been for 30 years. It's, 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 I'm, I'm still young. I, think, I guess that's what it means. I'm still very young. But to think you've been doing this for 30 years consistently is remarkable. I try and do something. Amen. You know, I'm trying to work on doing something consistently for a week, and you've done things consistently for 30 years. But really the question I want to begin by asking is action. Why action? Why? You know, you've taught us, Pastor Tom, that everything begins in a seed. And even an idea begins in seed format. What is it that made you start this annual action conference? Well, I think that the, uh, to be honest with you, uh, when I came to the country, uh, I was 24 years old, and everyone was talking about a conference that had just been held, the charismatic conference, the first of its kind in Zimbabwe, held by Faith Ministries. And uh, Alistair Geddes had held this conference. He himself had been in a car accident. But the speakers that came had unlocked something in the spirit and I could sense that faith had arisen in the hearts of people by having these international speakers in it. That was the seed, that was the genesis. And then of course I went back to America. Uh, I would speak at Ray McCauley's conference in South Africa but came back to America with my wife and uh, we had the praise and worship seminar and uh, that was with no advertising over a thousand people showed up. It was amazing. And then uh, the fire conference came, yes. and Reinhard and I were very good friends, and so we got in behind him, and our whole church got involved. We were a small church. We only had about three or 400 people then, and we got involved in the fire conference in 1986. And again, that conference nearly killed our church. Yeah. It was way too big for us, but we worked like slaves. But we saw the impact of the... Uh, fire conference. And two years later, we said, okay, well, let's start. Well, we started, of course, in the Harry Margolis Hall with 850 people. Casey Treat came, and uh, well, we thought we were shaking it back then, you know. 
it was nothing like the fire conference, but it was our beginning, so it was pretty interesting. 800 people in Harry Magolis, and the journey has progressed, Pastor Tom, Pastor Bonnie, and I want to ask, did you ever envision, when you started Action, did you ever envision it becoming what it is today? Was that something that you ever envisioned? I think you always hope. I think you hope that, yeah. hey, you know, you start with a small seed and that it would have an impact. Uh, you don't do something not to have impact. In fact, I think if it didn't have impact, we would have quit a long time sure. ago, yeah. Pastor Tom, uh, there's, a, there's a statement that you have that you've said time and time again, and I want to ask you this question. Did you ever feel like the vision was bigger than the base that you're operating at? You've spoken about Harry Magolis. I know where you're leading on that. Uh, yeah. it, it, you know, when we built this building, uh, Jeff Perry and his dad and his family came out and they helped us. I mean, their church. And uh, we needed help. And uh, I got to a place where I was very discouraged. And, uh, you know, we'd been two years without building. We'd run out of money. And uh, Jeff and his and their church came out and started helping us. And I was lamenting to him. And he said something to me. He said, you know, Pastor Tom, he said, you can't shoot. In fact, we were under a lot of criticism at the time for building something so big. And he said, you know, you can't shoot a cannon from a canoe. I remember that thing. And uh, that really helped me. Yeah. You know, if we're going to impact nations, it's kind of hard to do it from a rowboat. So That's God gave us a battleship. The battleship. And the battleship is Celebration Center. Amen. You know, Pastor Tom, uh, you talk about this battleship, but when I think of a battleship, I think of something that requires resources, something that requires manpower. Guys, just turn the microphone down a little bit. You're getting a little fold back up here, a feedback. I mean, we may have to turn us down just a bit. Is that better? Okay, go ahead. You're speaking about this battleship that you built, and that's the celebration. It stands as a just a testament of what it looks like to build by faith. Uh, but Pastor Tom, when you began that, uh, you know, you said you started off in Harry Magolis, moved to HICC, and then came the Celebration Center. I'm trying to picture the feelings that you had when you had your first action conference in this house. How did that feel like for you to be able to say, now we're having our conference in our own home? I don't know. I mean... Bonnie, I think our first conference, it's all nerves. And, uh, you know, uh, we were still putting paint on the, the, the stick. Yes. Can you guys hear out there? Okay, because up here on the stage, we're just getting a lot of reverb, and it sounds really bad. But if you're hearing out there, we're fine. Are you okay? They're, they're fine out there, so we're okay. Okay. So uh, I would just say this, that we were still putting paint. And if you see the pictures, we had these permanent walls on the stage, and they were bright blue. Yeah. And so by the time we finished painting, we all looked like Smurfs. <laughs> I mean, literally, this blue paint was Smurf blue. And we put the last smack of paint on. Five minutes later, people are walking in the door. We're walking through the wings, touching this paint. It was a nightmare. But that was our, in fact, you can see in that picture, it was crazy. But that was our opening night, and we had guests from all over uh, the world. And, uh, you know, the, our first night was, mar it was marred a little bit because uh, our guests were attacked in the Meekles Hotel later on in the evening. So all of our guests decided that they didn't want to stay in the Meekles Hotel. They stayed in my home. 
and two of the guests got on the next plane out of Dodge. They left and said, we're not staying in Zimbabwe. It's not safe here. And it was a very unfortunate situation. You know, there was some political unrest, and they'd gone into the hotel. And so you know, yeah, yeah, behind the scenes, yeah, there's some stuff that's going on. Yeah. You know, Pastor Tom, I, I want to bring out something, and I, I, I hope this jogs the memory. If you could bring, some, bring, bring it out, if you could bring, back that, bring out that wheelbarrow. Because you talk about building by faith. <laughs> Let me actually get up for this one, sir. We have a wheelbarrow here full of, how many of you remember these? Yeah, I remember those. How many of you remember these? So at the same time, at our, our first action conference, I'll never forget one of our guests said, oh, we'd like to get a little bit of money. They just wanted to exchange just a thousand US dollars, just a thousand. Now they were quite wealthy and they said, we'd just like to exchange it. And they brought back a wheelbarrow full of food, full of, of money for them. Said, well, here, here's your thousand dollars. All they could get was, I think they could only get 30 million and $50 million notes at that time. And, and so these people, they were shocked. They, they carried around, they said, well, what? they didn't know what to do with all that money. And yet, sir, you still stood out. You still stepped out in faith. You still trusted God. <laughs> and you know, Pastor Tom, I remember watching the video of the building project. Many of us in the crowd may not have been part of the building project. But today, I want to just take you, uh, take you back and show you what it looks like to build by faith. Take a look at this.
Pastor Barney, Pastor Tom, looking at that video and seeing what it took to build something as magnificent as this. Pastor Barney, we've always known you as the one who sang the songs, who uh, did the music, but something that people may not know is that Pastor Tom, in the early days, you used to play the guitar. Now, Pastor Tom, I want to take you back and Please. I'm going to ask Pastor Tommy to join me tonight Let's because we want to see yeah. how Pastor Tom did with the guitar. Yeah, you know what? The first worship leader in our church was my dad. And we've realized, Dad, that you've it actually It only lasted never... one week, so let's not get too excited. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, we just want to give you a chance to debut your skills at action. We've never heard it before. Come on! And so... Dan, would you please bring out the guitar? How many of you want to hear Pastor Tom lead worship? So, so Dad, we're going to ask you to play one of your favorites and just sing for us. I'm not going to sing. And <laughs> <laughs> My wife forbids me to do that except in the shower. Maybe Mom, Mom can sing next to you, but we, we do want to hear, hear your skills, Dad. You guys got this. This crap. may never happen again, so please enjoy it. Is that okay? All First right, so what do, you, what do you want me to play here, you know? I only know one song. That's so. it. So so that's the that one, one. So you want me to play that? Play that song, Dad. Well, can you all sing it with me? Bonnie, you sing it, okay? I'll, I'll play it, you sing it, all right? Now, you don't, you don't have the, ma the jack on, so I don't know if I can do this anymore. Can you hear? Yeah. Sounds good, Dad. What? Okay. got the strap in the way. That's a little bit... Uh... <laughs> it's okay. Yes. It's a... <laughs> anyway, I don't think you really want to hear this. Uh, <laughs> we do. I, I'm a... I, I... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you sing it with me, Daniel. Come on. Yeah, just take that off. It'll be great. Well, here, we can undo it back here. He's got a bit of a country vibe going oh, on. Oh, there you, you notice go. that. All right. Daniel, come on. You sing it with us. Come on. What is the song? I don't know this song. You know I, it. You I don't know even it. know I sing it to you every night with a baby. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Yes, I do. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Come on, join us. Let's sing together. Jesus, I love you. Yes, I do. Then I used to sing it to my kids. Tommy, I love you. Don't wait. Just Tommy, I love you. Tommy, I love you. Yes, I do. How many verses do you want to go? Because I did every one of my kids. Jonathan, I, love you. <laughs> I think we're good, man. That, but I think that was the only song Benjamin, I knew other than... I love you. Uh, Sarah, we love you. <laughs> Daddy, we love you. I think I remember you singing the song, God Will Make It. I think that was one of your favorite songs. God that Will is Make true. A Way. That is true. Uh, can you play that one, sir? No, I can't play it, but I can okay. sing it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but I never sang it. I always made you sing it to each other, you know. <laughs> Well, I'm not, I'm not sure we could have taken music as far with you um, as the worship leader. So, Mom, we're really glad you <laughs> took over. That's why I quit the first church service. I, I <laughs> Come on, let's give Pastor Tom a round of applause. That was... 
<laughs> well, I, I know one of the, one of the things, and I, I'm, I'm glad to join you here, Links. I know one of the things that we did when we opened the building, you didn't sing, but what we did do is have a, an amazing fireworks display. And tell us about that, because, because the, the police thought it was an uprising. Yeah. No, actually what happened was we had police clearance, and uh, we did the fireworks display, and it was a 20-minute display. And just as it was closing, State House had sent the military to come because they thought there was an attack on State House. <laughs> it was hard to explain to the military police and to the military what we were doing. They wanted to arrest a few of us because we hadn't got that level of clearance. It, it, was, it was quite an exciting evening. So they were going to arrest you at an action <laughs> conference. Yeah, yeah, our guests were also wondering, what is wrong with this church? <laughs> and that's, you know, you talk about your guests, Pastor Tom. One of the things you've done over the years is always bring <clears throat> world-renowned speakers. Would you agree with me? Yeah. World-renowned speakers throughout the years. Um, tonight we have Pastor uh, Robert Henderson, uh, Bishop Vaughn, uh, Dr. Francis Miles. We've had all these hosts, but there's also been significant people that have attended action. Do you want to talk a bit about that? Sir? Well, you know, uh, well, there's Wayne Myers. Uh, when we first started action, uh, my heart was always to, you have to understand, there weren't a lot of conferences going on in the city. And so we felt like it would be really wrong just to do it for ourselves. And so we said, let's just open it to the whole city. And we did. But as the church grew and we brought all these speakers, we felt like they were the kind of speakers that could bring uh, a message to the nation, that yeah. could bring a message to build the body of Christ and to have us all work together. Uh, through the years, I think that every one of them did something and left a deposit in many of the pastors, many of the leaders. But now the churches have grown to where everybody has their own conferences. And so, uh, and then we grew to where there are no facilities big enough for the body of Christ yeah. unless we do stadiums now. And uh, that season was, I think it was a good season yeah. up until about the time we moved into our building. And then the, the season shifted. It was, it was now for our congregation, for our people. And, uh, but our heart was always to bring the best to feed the body of Christ and, and, and try to be sensitive to what God was saying in that moment, in that yeah. time. And, and uh, many of the times that we had together were very prophetic uh, bonded some of us together. I remember lots of tears. And I remember Dr. Lester Summerall, who was a, an incredible old saint. And uh, he called the pastors forward. And it was really the last time that he ever came to Africa. And he imparted something to men. And I, and I have many people come to me and say, something happened to me that night. Yeah. My son was nine years old. Something happened to him. I, yeah. You know, God hit him. And I watched him lay on the floor when the, Brother Summerall prayed for him. And uh, when he got up, I kind of thought he'd fallen asleep. But he looked like, I, I, I tell you, I looked at him, he looked like a little lamb to me. And uh, when, he, when he got up, I said, hey, Tommy. Yeah, yeah. I said, what happened? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, what, what happened? He says, the man prayed for me. The, or the, the, the man spoke to me. I said, you mean Dr. Summerall? He says, no. I said, who? He said, Jesus. Wow. Okay. I said, well, what did he say? Oh, he asked me if I'd be a pastor for him. I said, what did you say? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean, you know, I could almost give you one of those stories for every speaker that came because so significant were some of the moments of their lives. Ed Cole, you know, he had uh, 2,500 men from the city 
showed up from every denomination, yeah. every church for a men's meeting at the HICC one time. But the impartation he gave to men was unbelievable. And I'll never forget uh, the president's nephew and he took his jacket off and put it around the president, the president's nephew. And, and uh, there was such a move of the spirit. Some of the men will remember that. God showed up and men were touched and uh, began the men's movement that has penetrated many churches in our nation. And, uh, and of course our churches continue with men's movement. That's awesome. And, and to, to see how consistent it has been even when it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And, I mean, you've been speaking prophetically over the nations, and Bobby will rise, and Bobby will rise, and sometimes it just keeps getting worse and worse. And then when, 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 when someone said, you know, you guys are spending so much money on guest speakers, you're spending so much money on conferences, what about the poor? I, I, I remember someone coming to me at school saying, uh, one of my best friends, he said, I can't be your friend anymore, Tommy. I said, how come? He said, ah, because your mom and dad, they spend too much money on buildings and conferences and stuff like that, and not enough on the poor. How, 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 did, how did you, because, because but, but little do people know that we were still doing that. We were still uh, building compassion. Can you speak to that? Because that was such a heart behind Action Conference yeah, too. You know, you know, I think that what people don't realize is that uh, even when we built the building, uh, Richard Roberts, in fact, told me, he said, he warned me. He said, he said, the tendency is when you build a building, he said that you stop doing all the things that you do. By, that, by the time we had started the building, in fact, by, by the time that we'd started our ministry, we were already feeding 144,000 refugees, started out feeding them. Then we went into clothing them, the Mozambican refugees. And we worked in those refugee camps for 10 years. Well, now we have churches all over Mozambique yeah. because those refugees with Because back. the seeds you sowed. Yeah, and, and, and so that, that, was, that was the beginning. And then of course we worked with the street people. And then uh, when the queen came, they were all mopped up and taken off the streets, but we continued working with them. And we were given eight pieces of land and started eight farms with street people. And so our money was going towards outreach. Our yeah. money was always going towards those who were less fortunate and, and, and those that had less. Of course, then the orphan problem came and so we, uh, took on 60 orphans and then we're feeding 2,000 orphans. And, and, and so uh, it, it's, uh, it, you can never stop doing what Jesus told you to do, yeah. reaching into the prisons, reaching into the, 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 the people that are orphaned, the poor, the widows. widows. So we've always done that. And, and we try not to, uh, we never try to take advantage of those people. Those people are our ministry. So you don't advertise that much, you just do that. Yeah. You know, we can advertise conferences because hey, this is for everybody, this is a blessing. So you don't always talk about sure. what you do. And I, and I don't, other than as family, we, we do things and we will continue to do that. And you know, if I could be an encouragement to pastors especially, I'd say when God tells you to do something, never stop doing what else he told you to do to do the other thing. That's like a person who, uh, tithes and then they forget tithing when they give an offering. No, if you're going to give an offering above, the, it's always above your tithe. You know? So even though we were doing conferences and building buildings, we never stopped giving back to the poor. We never yeah. stopped uh, empowering young pastors. And mom, you've always been someone who's like, let's just give it to them. Let's just help them, whatever we can do. Do you remember an incident where you saw people empowered with bicycles, laptops? Is there anything that you can remember? Well, I think we did have one of the actions we gave bicycles to, what was it, Mozambique, Mozambique pastors? All the Mozambique pastors, yeah. Because they were time, walking everywhere. 
Yeah, they were walking, so we gave bicycles out that year. <laughs> and then uh, I think one year we gave cell phones. I, I think yeah. that there were the, the, the cell, as cell phones came onto the scene, yeah. I think we gave all of our pastors cell phones. Now, Pastor Tom, you spoke about the men's meetings that's, that have now become part of our action conferences. But Pastor Barney, we also have ladies' meetings. Mm. And I still remember some of the early ladies' meetings. And I, I you know, I want to I wanna share... I want to I wanna be honest for a second, uh, because I remember for a, a time, are, 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 just are for a honest? second, for I haven't been honest, but I want to be really honest now. Be honest, Lynx, come on. You know, I remember back in, a few years ago, before I was married, I was serving you in protocol, and there was a ladies' meeting going on here. And I remember, because I was serving, I had the opportunity to be in the ladies' So I was standing in the wings there, and I remember my eyes began to just scout. <laughs> and I remember it zoned in on a beautiful young lady who later became my wife. Pastor Bonnie, thank you for the ladies' meetings. Thank you. But do you want to talk a bit about the early ladies' meetings? Because you used to have ladies' teas, Pastor Bonnie. Do you want to talk a bit about those? Yeah, the, the most amazing thing was that we started in my lounge with ladies' yeah. meetings because everybody was determined that we have ladies' meetings. And I never done a ladies' meeting in my life. And I didn't in know fact, In fact, I have to tell a story. Just one second. My wife had never made tea in her life. <laughs> and the first time she made tea, Justice Beck, his wife, Justice Beck, I mean, this is, she and a friend came. And I'll never forget, my wife made the tea. And they were very gracious. And when they wanted a second cup, they said, well, we'll, we'll fix it. And they went and they fixed it. And they made, because it came out like, uh, well, it wasn't tea. <laughs> but I do have to say, you did learn how to make tea after that. After that. What does that have to do with action? We're not talking about action. We're, we're talking about the covenant women teas that were part of action. And so tea, it's the common it's thread, the tea. 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 I don't do tea anymore unless it's a rooibos. Anyway, and so what happened? Carry on, Mom. Do you want me to tell you what? Please tell us what happened. No, I, I didn't know... I didn't know, and these ladies, I, didn't, I wasn't a ladies' meeting lady, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you weren't a so, ladies' meeting lady. She wasn't but in the ladies' I wasn't, meetings. I didn't know how to do ladies' meetings. I, I mean, I'd never been to one, actually. And then suddenly I had to start them because everybody expected that that's what a pastor's wife did. Yeah. And I talked to the pastor's wives today, and everybody expects something from you when, you, when suddenly you're a pastor of a church. Ah. Uh, so anyway, I um, started first with some Bible studies, and then there were ladies that had been brought into South Africa yeah. for Rama, because we were Rama first, Rama Kali, and he'd send them to us to send them on a holiday at Big Falls. So we would use them to start a tea, a, 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 a tea in a hotel, and it's the most amazing thing because some of the ladies in my church were very go-getters yeah. and they said let's do this and so they did it all I just showed up it was easy for me really so you see all these great pictures we got. I didn't do anything yeah. but, 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 they, but, they, but they we sometimes had three a year or three a month depending on the guest speakers from South Africa so we use who they gave us yeah. but the Bible study teachings every Wednesday was another story altogether and it was the lifeblood of our church at the time but you had ladies' teas, and uh, other people started having teas as well, exactly. all around the city. And so some of those ladies are having their own teas. You're not making tea anymore, but other people are. 
And, 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 and I remember sneaking into ladies' meetings because they had the best cakes. And so while I was sneaking in for the cakes, Lynx was sneaking yeah. in for the girls. <laughs> so, 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 so if, if, if you're looking for a lady, there is a ladies' event tomorrow. Yes. yes. Um, guys, you can sneak in like Lynx. Exactly. But one of the things, one of the things that, uh, you know, we, ladies' meetings, and then, Dad, you, you really pioneered men's meetings here. And why did men's meetings need to have its own thing? Why, why was your heart so bent on... We need to get the men together. Uh, I think, first of all, uh, you know, Dr. Ed Cole, and I can't understand why he would take an interest in me, but he did. But uh, he was the father of the men's movement worldwide. And somehow he fell in love. We invited him. Uh, actually, a guy named Peter McKenzie, who was my associate pastor, invited him. He came. And you can see, I mean, it just exploded. Yeah. Men began to be touched. And uh, we became friends. The principle is in the Bible that the pastor or the rabbi would teach the men and the men would teach the women and the children. And, uh, you know, I think that what happened is we disempowered men by not teaching men. And so you teach everybody and then the women who have a proclivity towards and a propensity towards spirituality are going home and, and challenging the husbands and the husbands who don't have that same thing don't know anything because the wife knows more than everybody. So we began to say, wait, let's, uh, let's, let's take this back and begin to get the men back in their rightful place as heads of their home, equipped, trained, and taking responsibility. And, and, and it's been very successful to see powerful men take their rightful place and grow in Christ and, 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 and mature. And, and Ed Cole started that with us, and it became a movement. Now we have, you know, Be That Man, Majoring in Men, and uh, other programs for the men. So, Pastor Tom... The thing that really sticks out to me is just the aspect of consistency. 30 years of being consistent. Was there ever a time in the 30 years where you felt, for any reason, uh, you know, Zimbabwe has been through its fair share of dramas, and was there ever a time where you felt like, for any particular year, we couldn't host an action conference? There were two years that we didn't host a conference, and uh, it was when the economy was so, so terrible, and we were in the final throes of building the building. Uh, and those two years, it seemed prudent to us to not use, and it does cost a lot of money yeah. to have a conference, to do it right. So we said, let's just keep that money for the next two years and, and let's, let's finish. And then we'll have a big blowout for the opening of the building. So the two years before we opened the building, oh, we didn't. Were there any actions where it was, it was, it was, we were a few months away or a month away and then it looked like we had to get we had to stop everything. I remember one time we, we almost got kicked out of the yeah. HICC. Yeah. And what was that about? Why well, did we almost get kicked know, out? Anything you do for God is going to suffer an attack from hell. And, so, sorry, uh, you said that. Anything you do for God will suffer an attack from hell. And any heavenly vision will suffer an attack from good. hell. Exactly. Yeah, we definitely suffered and that attack. We've had a few. Uh, but I'll never forget the NAM conference came. And they announced the NAM conference after we'd already booked the HICC on the same dates as our conference. So we had to go negotiate. And that was a pretty peculiar time because, you know, that was pretty heady stuff for our nation, hosting the NAM conference. Yeah. And uh, so we engaged and we talked and eventually we compromised. We let them have the big hall for a certain event and we canceled the night and then 
we had the hall for the rest of the time and they went over to the jacaranda room and then we offered to do some entertainment for them and that happened to be my wife and so pastor bonnie went up to the well it wasn't <laughs> she really was entertainment, the entertainment hey but so she went and 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 i went with her while we're having the main conference in the big hall she's over there with Muammar Gaddafi and uh, Yasser Arafat and 59 heads of nations. And she's singing, love in any language, straight. And she's walking over, holding their hands, looking at them in the eyes. Only like Pastor Bonnie could do. And these guys are all waiting. And everybody wanted her to hold his hand, you know. And, and she's singing about Jesus. And she sang two or three songs. She sang Amazing Grace. And, you know, it was... It was <laughs> needless to say... It was a different meeting, a different congregation. Joseph Garlington was with us. It was, a, it was an interesting time. And this happened behind the scenes. And these are things that all some people may never know. But Pastor Barney, there's also another behind the scenes thing that happened at one of our action conferences that involved one of your drummers, or both of your drummers. Do you want to talk about that? No. Okay. <laughs> Wait. These are challenges <laughs> behind the scenes we need to hear about. Oh, but what I want to tell you at that conference, I don't remember, I was, duh. In the, in the ozones because I was nine months pregnant. And um, when they told me that there's this, I didn't even know what a NAM conference was. I didn't even care. It never even bothered me. All I know is that we were in the hall one night and out the hall and then back in the next. I didn't know what was going on. I was so ignorant of world uh, issues and leaders and everything. And all I cared about was I was about to have a baby. So they came and they said, hey, listen, Please, will you come and sing over here at this conference? And I'm like, what? No, I can hardly sing at my own conference, let alone this kind of thing. So <laughs> I finally agreed. He made me do it. <laughs> I finally agreed. I went in there, and uh, they said, oh, all these people were famous. I'm, I'd never seen any of them <laughs> at the time. <laughs> no, who I was talking to or singing to, really. So I just sang to them. And then a week later, I had a baby. It was really wow. easy. So when you were holding Yasser Arafat's hand, did you know who you were holding? <laughs> no, she had yeah, no idea. <laughs> she had no idea. Who no, she they did, no, they did to tell me. Really, I, I eventually kind of understood, oh, this is kind of important. <laughs> and I did it. But Pastor Bond, you have to tell the story about the drummer. I know. About the drummers. Um, okay, well, so anyway, I had, um, when I first started, it was even more important is that I couldn't really find anybody who sang very well. And so most of the people that you saw in choir only mimed or they were never mic'd. Because what they... <laughs> See, we didn't know that. It was really important. They would, they would gather together for... I could get almost the whole congregation to come and be in A Christmas Foretold or sing at a conference. But they were terrible. A, they couldn't sing. Nobody could keep pitch. So I just made sure that the guys never mic'd the choir. If you notice, there's no mic on the choir. <laughs> and, I, and I couldn't really but get they a They sing bit, better now. Oh, they're great now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's good. I couldn't, I couldn't really get a choir going. I, it was the most amazing thing. And I, I got, my desire was to have a full orchestra. Like I said, I was jealous of Henry Madawa when we went to Ukraine. And he's got this massive orchestra and he doesn't even appreciate it because he can't do anything about music and I'm like why him <laughs> why <laughs> and so and so I couldn't I, I, my first was me piano him him guitar oh my goodness and then it was me piano 
And then I got someone to play guitar, um, tambourine, and then Lorraine Cranoff, Pastor Franz's wife, yeah. played a little teeny thing, and then somebody came and started to play drums, and then eventually I got a bass guy, and I kind of taught him how to play bass, and it was a challenge the whole way through. And then um, I got two drummers eventually, and the problem with the drummers is that they both competed very, very much, and so one action we found out, we heard the story, they were fighting in the car park to see who was going to play. And I mean fisticuffs and, and sh shirts being pulled out and drama beyond belief. And they came in like nothing had ever happened. happened. <laughs> <laughs> and we found out because a whole crowd had seen them out there fighting who was going to play and who was better. But yeah, we had some very interesting times. And eventually we got people who could sing. And they sing really well. Yeah, they're they, amazing. They, they really they're do a really amazing. good job. Yeah. Um, was there ever a, did you, did you ever have a time where you felt like this wasn't worth it? Well, yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. And my first trumpet player, I, I was so excited. After I got Lorraine to play guitar, and I mean, I mean, a little synth, and I got a bass player. The bass player was always high on drugs. I didn't even know it. High on drugs? Yeah. Anyway. I found out much later, and then um, he was a really nice guy. I had no idea. Anyway, he was recommended by one of the drummers that bought the other drummer. So anyway, this other guy, um, I, got a tr I got a trumpet player from the S Salvation Army. And he was with us. He was wonderful. And I thought, man, I'm going to get this orchestra. I'm going to get these instruments. And three months after playing, he died of a heart attack. And I never got oh. another trumpet player. I still don't have another trumpet player. Hello. Anybody out here play trumpet? I'm looking for a trumpet player. <laughs> but, but I mean, on the music side, there was, yes. there was always challenges, you said. Yes. Always, and still today, there's yeah. challenges. Yeah. Right? Because people can look and say, well, this is just amazing. And everything is just is exactly the way that you want it. But, but have there ever been a time, mom and dad, maybe both of you, where you were just like, man, are we even doing the right thing being in this country? Are we, are we doing the right thing? Have we missed God somewhere? It's so tough. Did you ever have those kinds of feelings? I no. Think, I think that the, no. I think there's a mixed emotion there for me. Mm. I've never doubted my call, but I've often wondered, you know, if we had done something that might have hindered what God wanted to do, or if we had, yeah. you know, missed part of our purpose in some foolishness that we had accomplished or, or, or tried to do or, uh, you know, we were accused of being too white. <laughs> Couldn't change that. Uh, and that a white person shouldn't be in the country. And yet God gave me a sure word that I was supposed to come. So I think you have pain in your own heart, but you have to go with what God says, yeah. regardless of what people say. And, uh, I, you know, yeah, there's times that you feel things, but you can't go by your emotions. You have to go by the word of God and the sure word that God gave us. But you did feel those things. Oh, absolutely. And, 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 and just, just people listening, how did you overcome those things when you faced the challenge of, am I supposed to be here? Am I still doing this? No, I, I, I think everybody goes through moments of doubt or moments where you just yeah. wonder. You know, We went through some very painful times, self-imposed sometimes, sometimes misunderstandings, often uh, politicization or something like that. And those things are painful. Uh, and, and, and it's hard to sometimes explain what's really happening. So you have to kind of walk through those. But 
one thing for sure, if you have a, a, a sure word from God, a sure word from the Holy Spirit, he'll keep you, he'll guide you, he'll assure you, and he'll comfort you in every situation. I've never doubted my call. I've never doubted that God would do something awesome in the nation of Zimbabwe and that I'd be a part of it. So. Yeah, and thank you for not giving up, Aslam, because we are the beneficiaries of your consistency, you keeping on, like you said. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it takes a lot of people to put together an action conference. Uh, there's been many people. If I were to ask tonight, you know, I'm going to ask the lights to come on. I want to ask, if you've ever served in an action conference, I want you to stand to your feet because I believe there are many people who've been involved in an action conference. If you've ever served in an action conference or you're serving in an action conference, please stand to your feet. Look at this, Pastor. <laughs> That's the whole wow. church. Look at that. Wow, wow, wow. And that balcony is full of well. I know that this year we have over 600 people serving. serving in the Action Conference. And I mean, we want to thank everybody. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and to, to see all the volunteers who, who are, have served before yeah. over the 30 years, um, did you know that Action has touched close to 400,000 people directly over the past 30 years? That's amazing. Through online, through people coming through. Yeah, we can give God a hand. That's awesome. And... and and, and I mean, we've seen, we've seen volunteers work in the hardest conditions, uh, you know, without even jobs, but still coming through because they've seen we want to be part of something that's well, I think, you know, the, the most amazing thing to me is if you want to talk about the benefit of having your own building is not having to set up and tear down. Yeah. <laughs> Action and running our, our, you know, for 20 years, our church sat, had to set up and tear down. Yeah, I remember those every, but action used to start on a Monday night. So Monday we were setting up, sometimes on a Tuesday night, and we'd run all week long. And then by Sunday night we had to be torn down so that the HICC could be open on a Monday. That nearly killed our people. I mean, it, it, we really worked hard. and People really, really labored. And, uh, you know, th those, those, those are the things that gelled us, but it also was very trying and very testing. You know, Pastor Tom, Pastor Bonnie, there are a lot of people who would have, been, uh, would have loved to be part of this celebration uh, who I know have, have been impacted by your ministry, have been impacted by action throughout the years. They couldn't be here, but they sent us videos that they want you just to listen to. So if you could take a look at this. Hi, Tom and Bonnie. Shoo, over 30 years. It's gone so fast. Seems just like the other day. And I'd come up to uh, Zimbabwe at least two, three, four times a year, and you'd come down here to Johannesburg. Incredible church you've built right in the middle of adversity and a lot of opposition and persecution. You've produced tremendous impact and influence in the people of Africa, South Africa, and around the world. Hi, this is Dr. John Stanko. I want to wish uh, the Action Conference a happy 30th uh, birthday anniversary. And uh, what fond memories I have of the Action Conferences that I was a part of. Well, I remember Victory Business Forum. I remember the fun we had with the announcements. I remember the pageantry, the dedication of the facility. Uh, 
making so many new friends and renewing acquaintances with friends that I already knew. And so Action Conference uh, was in many ways the start of the year for me. My name is Ezekiel Guti. <laughs> I've heard that you are having your 30-year Action Conference anniversary. Uh, I just want to remind, remind you, Pastor Tom, remember when you come to Zimbabwe and I'm fixing with your beers and you are just one the guitar. Now, how, how God has changed you to be a man of God as you are today. And now, again, remember, you came, you are alone and you are one today, you've got a big family and big, big church. I pray that uh, you have a wonderful anniversary for you, your conference. God bless you. We pray for you. We are with you. We pray for you that God will continue to bless your ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Tom Mullins from Christ Fellowship in South Florida, wishing all of you in Zimbabwe a great congratulations on 30 years of Action Conference. Pastor Tom and Bonnie, you guys have done a phenomenal job in leading us and growing us to have greater impact for the kingdom of God. Hi, Tom and Bonnie and all of the church there in Zimbabwe. Casey Treat here with Wendy and all of our church family here in Seattle. We just want to say congratulations. Man, what an anniversary. What a celebration of what the Lord has done through your action program. You guys really are the lighthouse of Zimbabwe. I'm just so honored to have been a part of this ministry through the years. I remember some amazing services that we had back in the day, and uh, we know that you've taken it far beyond what we would have ever imagined. So thank you for your faithfulness, for your hard work. Congregation, thank you for your generosity and being a part of the action program. And hey, we're not done yet. We got more lives to reach for Christ, more churches to grow, more miracles to experience. And we're just happy that we can say we're a part of the family. We love you. We pray blessing and favor on you in the name of Jesus. Pastor Tom, Pastor Bonnie, I am so thrilled that you guys are celebrating such a significant memorial, 30 years of ministry. And there's so many things that you guys have done to contribute to growth in the body of Christ. And what I'm excited about is that you were my door, the door that Pastor Barbara and I came through when we came into the country of Zimbabwe. And we've had simply opportunities to be blessed again and again. I think we've received so much from that, that land that God has put you in and the way that you have planted not only planted but watered and seen so many things grow congratulations on your 30th anniversary of action of course a meeting that has changed us forever my dramatic change in my life came at a time when action ministered into our lives and you were both so kind so loving and uh, action has been an empowerment tool for so many of us and you guys are pioneers of so many things, not just in Zimbabwe, but in the region. Celebration Church, happy anniversary happy on anniversary. your 30th Action Conference. <laughs> Way to go, Pastors Tom and Bonnie Duchelle. 
This is you Jeff and Patsy Perry awesome. from St. Louis Family Church. Our hearts are with you this weekend. We love you. We support you. We believe in you. You guys Absolutely. are heroes to us. And we love Harare and the beautiful nation of Zimbabwe. You're doing an and awesome God work. God bless you guys. Happy anniversary. We love you. God be with you. Congratulations, my friend, Pastor Tom and Bunny. This has been a great journey. 30 years of action. The Lord has been faithful. And we've been together for a long time. I can recall those old days and see the faithfulness of God. That years of action is not a small time. We see the ministry growing from one degree of glory to the other. All this because of your faithfulness. Celebration Church, congratulations. The Lord bless you and may you celebrate many more anniversaries to the glory of God. Come on. We got a lot of people all over the world. Those videos were really long, by the way. We had to cut them down because they all had so much to say. But church, we have pretty cool pastors. And you know what? We have, uh, we have friends who've actually made it here to be with us today. And one person that wouldn't, would not allow his schedule to interfere with being here when we celebrated 30 years of action. And we just want to say, Dad, thank you, Mom and Dad, thank you for believing in us. Thank you for planting hope in us. Thank you for building us. Thank you for pushing us even when it seemed like it was impossible. Thank you for pushing past the pain. Thank you for building people and building dreams and building the kingdom. We honor you tonight as a church family. And there's someone here who said, I'm, 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 I'm gonna make sure I'm there. And would you please stand that moment, Dad, as he comes. Bishop Vaughan said he's not gonna miss the 30 years of action. And he paid for his own way. He said, I'm going to be there no matter what. And so would you welcome Bishop Vaughan and honor our host, Pastor Tom and Pastor Bonnie. We love you guys. Thank you. Well, you may be seated. Um, and you guys can be seated just for, it won't be long. I, um, first of all, how cool is this? A black man from the hood in Jacksonville, Florida, who said he would never go to Africa, who said at one time to his congregation of thousands that there's nothing for me in Africa, who had lost his sense of legacy and origination who had never done his family tree to find out just what part of Africa I'm from. And being African-American, I finally get a chance to come to the continent of Africa. And it wasn't to action first. It was Cape Town and um, had a big event there. I was the speaker at the International Global Day of Prayer in the dome there. It was really a great event. And they had 200 plus nations represented, everybody in their indigenous garb. So I said, wow, this is Africa. And I've been not wanting to go to Africa. But then I met a man. We met in Hawaii, USA, on a trolley riding around the city. 
And we talked, and we talked, and we talked. And this man invited me to Harare. And when I came here, I have forgotten all about Cape Town. I forgot all about the International Global Day of Prayer. I forgot all about that because what I experienced here has been one of the greatest, most life-changing experiences in my life. You guys are my family. Each one of those people who sent their videos, I'm sure would have loved to have been here. I would have been one of those people to send a video had I not physically been able to be here. And I had to move some things because I was coming anyhow. I wanted it to be a secret. I'm so mad at all of you guys because I watched a video somebody sent me where Pastor Tom was telling you guys to keep it a secret. You're not supposed to tell anybody. I only told one person and I started not to do that and I just started to just fly in and do everything myself and nobody knew I was here and just show up. But then I remembered, this is Zimbabwe. And just like your guests jumped on in the Mickles and, and, and no, I couldn't try that. I couldn't try that. So my accent wasn't Zim enough to get by. I know no Shauna. So I'm like, I know no way. So anyway, I told somebody and then they had to tell. And it spoiled my surprise. Yet there's no need to try to surprise these people. I come here because when you saw the video and you saw the 30 years of action, not ministry, of action, and you saw how this thing has evolved and what it's become, I have brought tens of people here over the years and every one of them have had a life-changing experience where it impacted their lives and our ministry back in Jacksonville, Florida. They go back better. They go back stronger. They go back in greater worship. Y'all not helping me. This is all a bit. I just wanted, I guess what I should say is thank you. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for following. Thank you for serving. Thank you for being submitted to the angels of this house. Man, I, I was like, this man, and I've called him my best friend. And one good thing about a best friend, when they live so far away, you can stay best friends. <laughs> and so there's never a time when I'm with these guys that I don't feel like I'm family. And you don't have to work. You don't have to do anything. I, I told him I came to carry his bags this week and to put out any fires that there may be or anything that may happen that may need somebody to, you know, I'm a pretty big guy, and, you know, I'm from the hood, whatever, you know, and, and, and I figured that if something would go down, I can handle at least two of you, you know, just boom, boom you know, try me. At the service, I'll be right out front. You, And I came just to serve them. I learned so much from them. I grow taller every time I come. Every one of those things that everybody said, and I knew most of those guys, all but one of them or two of them that I've never met, but the other them, I've been in meetings and stuff with them, and I promise you, they all say the same thing. The Action Conference, but not only Action Conference, but Celebration Church, Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe, is one of the greatest local churches 
and greatest ministries. Listen, this building, this facility, I promise you, God knew what he was doing and the guy was right. You can't shoot a cannon from a canoe. So God has given you a battleship and a ship that can send missiles around the world. Come on, come on. Kim Jong-un is, come on, he's jealous of y'all. Because you already are sending missiles around the world. You send missiles into the United States and missiles into Europe and you send missiles into the Middle East and missiles all over Africa and all around the world. And you guys are reaching the world. I ask myself, my God, this is just 30 years of action and plus years of ministry. What else is there? People spend their entire life, pastors do, and don't accomplish this and what you've been able to do so far. And he's got many, many, many more years left in him. And let me just say this to you, and I mean this. I'm also here because of legacy. I'm also here because you have raised up, and I don't want to cry, but I've watched your kids grow. I've seen them mature and become great men. And when I saw Sarah, when I saw that little girl walk up on this stage today as a young woman, I was like, oh my God, I'm getting old. No, I mean like, oh my God, this is wonderful. You have made an impression on the life of your children. You love them so hard. The both of you love them so hard. You are not just model pastors, but you are model parents. And we're thankful to God for the mom and dad that they are. Come on, could you put your, not just the spiritual mom and dad, but the natural mom and dad that they are. Teacher, preacher, extraordinaires. Bonnie, just a wealth of revelation and stuff. So that's why I'm here, guys. And I'm here because I love these people. I'm here because I love you guys. I'm here because when I did my family tree, I found out where exactly where my family is from. And I said, wow, and I'm very close to it. When I got off the plane here in Harare, my family is from Wakanda. God has been very, very good to me. He's been very, very, very good to me. Wakanda forever, forever. Wakanda forever. It is what it is. So, I made it here. Those others probably wanted to. And also to these pastors and celebration pastors, I fell in love with you guys the first time I was here. And every year, every time I come to the synagogue or wherever I come, they're just names and people that I just know. And I can't wait to see your smiling faces. And even if you don't smile a whole lot, because I did notice that a whole lot of Zimbabweans, Zimbabweans Zimb people from Zimbabwe, they, they don't smile a whole lot, especially right on this front row, right? I'm going to point right here. They get happy when they get happy, but boy, when they get happy and they get the bucket, I said, I'm home now. I don't know what's next. I'm sure Pastor Tom, I almost want to ask you, matter of fact, maybe you can tell us what's going on next, but let me tell you what I did on the way here. I've already sown thousands of dollars. You may not know it. I don't boast and brag. I don't even put my name on envelopes when I give. I just believe in just giving, giving. So before I came here, you could only bring so much money, cash, into the country. 
So I smuggled, I mean, I, I came into the country. And I, and I bring gifts. And I always think about the kids when I come. I always try to bring them gifts. I got a little something for Sarah before she goes back home. I've taken care of Ben, you know, I like Tommy. And I've tried to give Daniel a couple of things. He said, give it to Ben, give it to Ben. You know, it's it, it just absolutely wonderful. As a matter of fact, I, I, I'm, you're still in debt to me. I don't think I can bring you nothing else for the next 10 years. Daniel stayed by me and came to the States. <laughs> You know the story, and took one of my four-wheelers, my off-road terrain vehicles that I have at my house, and he was showing out. He's the athlete. He's, I call him Tarzan. He's like Tarzan. Oh, my God. He's straight up Tarzan. And so he was on my four-wheeler, and he was up, and I was filming him as he was riding, and he's standing up on it, and he turned the corner, and he lost control and ran right into my pool house, tore up all of the plumbing and the piping, ran into the side of my house, knocked bricks out of the wall, and he went like, oh, my God. He ran upstairs and got a lion's tooth and said, please accept this as... <laughs> I said, no, <laughs> I need money. <laughs> you have ruined my pool. <laughs> I need money. So I won't be bringing you anything for the next five years. And, then, <laughs> and, and I just so, and then I know we do the, the mission thing and, you know, the stuff that's coming. Man, you see what, these, what this church, do you know what you do? to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to visit the jails, the prisons, the, the hospitals, to take care of the widows and the orphans and those type of things. That's what Jesus is going to judge us on in that day, not how big the building was. And that's good because we correlate, we relate so well. We got this big facility at home. We have this huge facility at home, but we never stop feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, visiting the jails and the prisons and the nursing homes and the hospitals and taking care of the widows and the orphans. We never start taking, stop taking care of the poor and the needy. I'm still riding our city buses and talking to people and bringing them home with me and getting people off the street and people who don't will never know that I'm the pastor and I always do that, but people will say, they got all that building, they got all this and that. One guy told me one day, and says, I was in my restaurant and he was sitting there with some other guys. He said, I know this preacher. I was just listening as I leaned in. He said, yeah, yeah, you know he got to be selling drugs. He's, he said, can't nobody. Matter of fact, I smoke weed with him. So I looked to see who it was and I looked over there and sure enough, I smoke weed with him. <laughs> but but it was 40 years ago before I met Jesus. And he's still living in 40 years ago. We smoked a lot of weed together. But you don't know me now. I'm changed. I'm saved. You know, I wish we could do that thing that people do when they talk about you and say stuff about you. And it ain't true. Since they already think it's true, why can't we just make it be true? Anyway. But I'm thankful to God. You'll catch that one tomorrow. In other words, if you got some weed, see me after service. I know. But we parallel. We, in so many areas, our facilities, what we do, how we do ministry, we parallel. We have a major ministry. We have a, over 200 staff paid. We got all these different things going on at home, businesses and mall and all this kind of stuff. But it just, to me, in comparison to what you guys have been able to do 
in Harare, Zimbabwe, with the economy, the government, and the conditions like they are. And before I pass this mic on, I just want to take a moment, and in my humble way, <laughs> the only way I know how, is to salute you and this ministry for the rest of the world and say thank you for being Celebration Church, Borodale, Harare, Zimbabwe. Bless you. Now, now the past time, I don't know who's going to receive offering or this and that or all that kind of stuff, but I did. I dug in my bag, I smuggled, I mean, I brought in, and I, I went to looking, and I've got like $2,000 cash that I brought, and I've already given, and every time they passed the bucket, every time they've done something, I've written stuff, I put, I even put on one of the little pledge cards, I put some money in there, and I just put nobody's name on it or nothing, because I didn't want nobody to know what I was doing. But I think that this ought to be motivation for pastors, business people, leaders, folk that are here. This ought to be motivation for you to say, listen, I paid my own way. I flew in first class. There's no way I have a bad back. Some of you might have saw me earlier today. I grabbed, I have diverticulitis. I just found out. So I get very uncomfortable sitting in seats like this. So I have to stretch out and all that kind of stuff. And they were praying for healing today. I was touching everything that wouldn't move. Every time they said, touch a part, I was like this. <laughs> I was like this. Everything that needed healing, I was just hitting myself. I was laying hands on myself. And uh, I think three out of five got healed. Three out of five got healed. Huh? I should have just picked the one that I really wanted and just, I would take that one. But anyway, um, and, and I've given and I'm giving and I sow. And, and this isn't for show, this is for motivation to say to you, what you guys are doing, the money that it takes to get it done, that is to me one of the most miraculous things about this ministry, how that this vision has been met with provision every step of the way. God has blessed you every step of the way. And without manipulation or coercion, I mean, the proofs in the pudding. Who wouldn't give to something like this? When you watch that video, I mean, who wouldn't? I'm digging in my pocket like, is that all I have? I got to give. I got to do something in here that's significant. So my coming says, listen, every year when I come, guys, I don't come just to take. I come to give and to sow and to be a part because freely as I receive, freely, even tonight, I give. And I don't give it to be seen. I give it because, listen, freely from this ministry have I received things in my life and relationship. I'm a relationary guy. The one thing Tom and I have talked about, your pastor and I, for years is relationship versus transaction. So many people don't know how to just love, don't know how to just lean their shoulder on each other. I have laid my shoulder, my head on his shoulder and vice versa and just talking intimate and personal things that only grown men can talk about. And, and you don't get to do that often. I got to fly 9,080 something, 10,000 miles to really get it fully and impacting to where I get recharged for the rest of the year. But what you're doing in the community, what you're doing for the needy, what you're doing for the poor, 
what you're doing for the orphans, what you're doing just period in this land and around the world is worth giving to. Can I get 10 people to say amen? And it's worth sacrificial giving to. You know what? You know, I'm here and this is my 30th year of ministry in two weeks, 30 year anniversary and 40 years of marriage. We started the church and I got married on, on our wedding anniversary. So it's always 10 years of marriage greater than our ministry. And this year, my wife and I in church celebrate 40 years of marriage and 30 years of ministry on June 17th. And I'm here. There's a whole lot of work that needs to be done, but I'm here. I'm here to be with you guys and I'm sewing. And we need money, we need stuff at home. Don't think that when you live in America, everything's wonderful. Just, just because, just because I have vibranium, it does not mean that I got a lot of money. I might be from Wakanda, but I'm still in need of funds. But tonight, I just want to lead this offering off with this, uh, this offering. Um, you know what's going on. You, you've heard the story. You know the mission. You know the things that are happening. And Pastor Tom, is, if you don't want to say anything, is it okay for me to, to do this? Or I really would love for you to just paint that little greater picture about where we're going so we could really give into it. First of all, I want to say thank you to, uh, to Bishop Vaughn for coming. And then, it's, amen. And not only Bishop Vaughn, but all of our guest speakers, I want to thank all of you. I want to thank all of our guest speakers, uh, Robert Henderson, your messages have been incredible. Yes. Uh, thank you for coming, uh, Francis, Dr. Francis Miles and his wife Camilla, uh, you guys are good, good people, thank you. They also came on their own ticket, they just wanted to be here and I'm so grateful, in fact they introduced Robert Henderson to us, so I want to thank you for that. And then Bob Scott, he's in the country, and uh, you know today, if you if, if there's a powerful, if there's a if there's a message to watch or to get from action, that's it. That's the message. That's I mean, message. it'll it, it's a message of the hour for our nation. And, and Bob, thank you. You know, deeply, deeply ministered to Henry Madava. He's a son. You know, I was telling some of the young people. You know, Henry was a university student. He'd sit in the back of the church and he was just a quiet guy. We didn't even know he was in the church, to be honest with you. And uh, he phoned me one day and he said, I'd like you and Bonnie to come to my church in Kiev. We went to Kiev and there's 10,000 people and he honors us as his parents in the Lord. And he told the story, he said that when he sat in the back of the church, this anointing would come upon him. He just couldn't hardly move. He went to Russia, he went to the Soviet Union to study, learned Russian, became an aircraft engineer. And uh, he said, I never felt that anointing ever again. He says, I graduated, he says, I was gonna go home. And he says, the day that I started to go to get my ticket, he says, that anointing came upon me again. And he said, this is what I called you to Kiev, Ukraine for. I've anointed you to start a church. And the rest is history. He's been, now he goes all over the world. God's used him in a mighty way. And that anointing comes upon him. It came upon him and it's, God's used him. I, 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 
those are the stories that mean something to me. Every action, we have an offering for the furtherance of what we're doing. This year, we're believing for a half a million dollars. Uh, last night, we received half of it, $250,000. You guys pledged and gave. Thank you. The night before, we received everything and more for the Compassion Ministries. You guys were just outstanding in the way that you give. And what I want you to do is I want you to understand this is above your tithes and your offerings. And I'm deeply grateful for that. I'm deeply grateful. And tonight, for those of you that are visiting or are not visiting, if you're a visitor, I don't want you to be involved. You don't have to be involved. This is for our celebration family. But if you're here tonight and you didn't get involved last night, our ushers, would, I'd like you to give a, a pledge card because we want to do the half a million. We want to get over the top tonight. If you, so if you, if you need a pledge card and you want to be involved, uh, it's a three-month pledge. Between now and the end of August, we want to get this pledge in so that we can really accomplish what we want to. It's going towards media. It's going towards our content. We can do more with content than we can with anything else. And so we have the skills, we have the talent, we have the content to get it into the marketplace, to get it into the world. And we can multiply our seed into churches that aren't even part of our organization through content. 15 starter kits for our churches and some, uh, some costs related to the churches we're planting. So, you know, we, we're going to plant 15 new churches this year and, and then we have some costs with our church uh, to, to, to keep a few salaries going until they get on their feet. So we need 135000 for that. We needed two vehicles. One was given to us, and I want to thank uh, the, uh, the company that gave us the uh, vehicle. What was the name of the company, Pastor Tad? What's it? Faramazzi Motors. Amazing people. And they gave us a vehicle, and uh, we need one more vehicle. So that's 60000 That's 120000 in all. So we're very, very grateful for that. And then we needed a piece of, uh, we needed some software to do our accounts for the, all the whole ministry. And uh, 23rd Century Systems, uh, Elman Chanakira, his company, gave it, gave 30,000 of it, the, the bulk of it to us. We still need 20,000 to top that up. But th this, is, this is the kingdom of God. This is where people get involved in. Your company, your life, your family, uh, every dollar, every cent counts. So, uh, we're going to receive the, the evening offering as well, the costs for the conference. I'd like everybody to give to that. But more importantly, uh, this pledge. If you, need an if you need a pledge card or if you need an envelope for the offering or if you're going to give by EcoCash or any other means, we appreciate it. There's a swipe machine in the foyer. Help yourselves. But again, this is only so that we can continue to do all God wants us to do. I'm thankful. I'm deeply thankful. Pastor, Pastor Tom, before you take up the offering, I just want to look here and I want to say who that is here tonight was at our first action conference. I know Danny Pastor Curl was. Can you stand up? I, I want you to stand. I want people to see who was here. Stand. Stand if you were at our very first action conference. Wow. I saw Anna Nayakabo. She was here. There's Anna. Hi. She's, she's over there. Of course, Carl and Anarchy. Wow. 
Who's James Dongo? James. We can when, go through all your When names. we got to be a street, when he, he was a street person, now he's a pastor with a wife. And I remember my favorite saying, he said, I'm not a street people again. I love you, James. I love all of you. And I see, I saw you as we were getting, uh, preparing for this tonight. And I want to say thank you. And I would like everybody to just let's give God a hand for these people who have stayed with us all these years and have been willing to serve. Hallelujah. It can be better than that. This is a long time. Hallelujah.